have now logged on with Glory Rising, where we discuss God's glory within you. We're so glad you've joined us. And now, your host of Glory Rising. Pastor, my husband Roger. Hello. And um, yeah, we're coming to you live from Fishbowl Studios in the beautiful Bedford, uh, Bedford, Texas. <laughs> they get so tickled when I make a mistake with my words. Um, anyway, for those of you who were helping with the blanket drive and are have been keeping up with it, we donated forty blankets. Mm-hmm. Overall, they brought in 133 blankets. Our goal was 100. Right. And we took second place. Another another radio show brought in 43. Mm-hmm. So we're very pleased. With that. And now we have another challenge. Another challenge. It's for Valentine's. If you would like to donate Valentines that you have signed and encouraging words, these are going to go to the troops. Yeah. That are some of them are here in the states, a lot of them are going to be overseas. And just an encouragement that they're not forgotten that their sacrifice does mean something. Yeah. Yeah, and uh these can be handmade cards it can be cards you buy from the store or whatever but yeah just put a little note in there encouraging in them and you know uh, it can be from organizations it can be from individuals you know just something to encourage them and uh, this one's a short one I mean it's got to be in by the 8th of this month okay so um, if you want to do something like this uh, you know get a hold of us quickly you know if you want to go buy some valentine's cards or even the little kids valentine things you can get some of them um but just something that can be sent to them let them know that that they're appreciated uh our uh, the goal here at fishbowl is getting to gather up 200 to send out uh, i don't think that's going to be a major problem because you know i mean we just need to get out there and you know if you want to hand make them, if you want your kids to hand make them, or your your Sunday school classes, yeah. um, you know, students at school, uh, if the class wants to take up something like this, they can draw something and do something just to encourage the troops. So you know, these things will be sent to them. So think about that. You know, we only got a few days on this. Sorry that it's, it's one like of those, seven days. Yeah, we got about seven days. It's the eighth, so this is the second. So we've got six days. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, these kind of things, I know that it's really short notice, but uh, let's see what we can do to support our troops uh, and let them know that they're loved, they're, they're missed by not only their families, but, but you know, the nation as a whole. We, we need to, you know, support them because a lot of times I know I was military for 11 years, went through Desert Storm, and... You just kind of wonder sometimes, like, why am I laying my life down for some of these people that don't care? And um, but then you have to remember your your friends and your family is here, and your job is keep them keep America safe so they can have the benefits of you know 
the free the, of America, what America stands for. So I encourage you to do that if you can. I know, like I said, it's kind of short notice, but uh, you know, please uh, let us know if we can pick them up, bring them up here to the studio. Like I said, they will be picked up on the 8th. And if you would like to call and join our conversation tonight, that phone number is 214-556-6239. Also, if you know, you're wanting to donate the Valentines, you can call 682-319-4846. And we will get back with you if you have to leave a message. And, yeah, we'll get them picked up and we'll yep. get them delivered. Because I know that you know we say be blessed but most importantly be a blessing and for our listeners that's the important thing be a blessing and i know you will yeah i mean it's that's just been one of the things we that's why we try to encourage you every week and we want the glory of the lord to shine through you and let the glory rise in you um and by doing things you know, when we help the least of these, Jesus says, you've done it to him. Mm -hmm. So God sees the intent of your heart. So that's a, that's a real blessing. And you guys have done great things in the past. Thank you for all those who have donated, all those that support um, things like this. Uh, just, you know, our heart is to reach out to our community, get these things done, and to help teach people what the Word of God says. Okay? And so... We're trying to do our best, and you know, you can say we're not uh, a great TV evangelist or great uh, radio hosts, but we will do our best to, and give our best to the Lord. Exactly. So, and I gave the phone numbers. Also, if you are on Facebook, I am currently on Facebook Live, and I am monitoring the chats. Yep. So, so, uh, so tonight I'm, I'm just gonna kind of ask a question it's like do we know what the purpose of the word is why did god give us this word some people is like you know there's a lot of controversy over the bible and the, these kind of things but what you know what is the purpose you know why did god give us this book you know and you know the world wants to tear it apart the world wants to do all kinds of things like that but why did God do it this way? He wanted to give a clear-cut instructions for our understanding. Because if you just go by word of mouth, if you remember playing the game uh, telephone growing up, you start with a sentence like, my best friend is Roy. And then that next person says, my boyfriend is Roy. And then it goes on and on and on, and it changes with each person. <clears throat> but as the written word, it doesn't change. It can't be misdrewed by people. Well, I mean, it, it can still be. Well, yeah, but I understand what you're saying. It's, it stays more consistent. Mm -hmm. You're right. Uh, because there's people who put their own interpretations to things, and and but a lot of people throw the Bible aside and say, "I don't need this thing." It's like, okay, well then why, you know, we understand that the Bible wasn't 
just sat down somebody wrote it it was it's a, a uh, it's combined effort of different letters that were written in the new testament and that were passed around mm-hmm. okay by the apostles and they sent them to churches and the churches sent them to other churches and so on and so forth and they were words of encouragement and things like this and so when they you know when they went to try to put it all in one place you know they took these letters that were so important and that had such meaning to put them together in one place Mm -hmm. i mean there's a ton more out there but these are the ones that you know, really meant something to the people who put this stuff together. And the Old Testament <coughs> wasn't letters. The Old Testament was information handed down and written down as mm-hmm. it was passed down. Yeah. And, and that's true. I mean, uh, I'm just talking about the New Testament. The Old Testament, yeah, we, we basically took, uh, because of, you know, the Hebrews, uh, the Bible, and or the Hebrews' writings, the Torah, and things like this and and this was all put in there to help us understand the the background and the you know the Jewish ways and things like this that God had originally installed upon the people you know and said here you go here's here's a set of guidelines to go by okay and because if we didn't have that we wouldn't understand why Jesus came mm-hmm because he said, I didn't come to destroy the law. I come to fulfill the law. And it's like, and it, people were having trouble living the law. And so, and God, he, God knew that. He already had another plan in mind saying, hey, you know, that here it is. These people are going to have a hard time. And And you can read through the Old Testament where, you know, People got tired of doing this and tired of doing that. They wanted to pick up and do some things that the what the rest of the world was doing. And we're doing that today. We we pick up stuff and take it into our church because that's what the world is doing. I saw an interesting photo. It was it was actually on Facebook. <clears throat> it showed a a a bar scene. And then it showed worship service in church with all the flashy lights and all all the stuff. It's like it looked the same. If it wasn't for the cross on the wall, you'd probably think it was the same location because it was just it. We are patterning our worship after the world. You know, when I was doing when I was uh, a youth leader, and we had you know did you know different things like that with the youth they wanted to to make a room for themselves but they wanted it to look like a bar i said why do you want it to look like a bar you know they wanted to have a counter they wanted to have all this stuff to make it look like a bar well this will attract the ones that are out there they're going to the bars god says don't be conformed to the world be transformed and I refused. I said, no, we're not having a bar in the church, okay? This was back before I even became a pastor. And it was like, no. Why do uh, We want the kids to see the wholeness of God, not a pattern. where We want to work pattern the world, and now we want to duplicate the world in the church. Uh, I think 
the people in the world should be wanting to duplicate what we do in the church. But they don't want to duplicate what we do. They want us to conform to their image. Mm -hmm. And it's sad. And yet people, it's like more and more they're going to all, you know, all this stuff. So it makes it more entertaining, you know, more like the world. So let's get the world in here. They're not changing. Mm -hmm. They're just coming to a different location to do the same thing they've always been doing. And then maybe add God into it. You know, so we have come to, I mean, you think the times back in Sodom and Gomorrah were bad. Okay. This is, this is atrocious to God. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like God's looking down. I was like, what are you doing? I said, and he says, get away from the world. You know, don't let the, don't conform to this world. Be ye transformed by the renewing your mind. You got to renew your mind. It's like, come on. Well, and the the youth <coughs> whose parents are not serving God, mm-hmm. you know, they're, those kids are going to church because they were told they have to for whatever reason, and they see what's going on with their friends at school. They're, oh, we snuck into this bar. Oh, we did this. And they want to have the quote-unquote fun like their friends are. And therefore... You've got that confirmation. They're conforming to the way the world is. Instead of showing the world that being a Christian can be fun. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to worry about hangovers. You don't have to worry about getting sick. Yeah, you don't have to worry about getting caught by the cops. Uh, you know, I mean, you can have a good time and, and not have any of the conscience things. You know, mm-hmm. well, I had to sneak into this and I had to steal that or whatever, you know. But it's like, well, that's the fun part. No. You know, that's just the world trying to tempt you into thinking that's fun. But mm-hmm. once you end up in jail, it never is fun. You know, you end up with a $5,000 fine, and it's like, that's not fun. No. Uh, you know, if you get put on probation, it's not fun. Okay? So was it worth the one time that you did this to have years of problems of grief yeah you know so i mean but the but what's bad is the leaders are saying i want to make my church grow so let's draw them in by enticing them with things of the world and then maybe we can conform them or you know uh, help them come to them to Jesus well being in youth ministries it's like if you keep offering them things of the world then they're not going to change you know now they just added Jesus to it oh I can continue doing this and oh look you know you know they do all this just like we go to the bar and do why would they want to change there's there's no you know and not saying that nobody changes there because God can use anything for any purpose but it's like where is the being set apart where is you know them wanting to come together because they can have a good time and things like this you know go out and do things and whatever as as a young person and have peace while doing it but then they bring it all into the sanctuary 
and say, you know, well, we want we want to put on this 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 show. Well, I thought you were there to worship God, not put on a show. You know, it's like, you know, coming into God's house is not to put on a show. It's to come in to worship God. So what's going on here? You know, we're going we're doing the same things. You know, we we have the Old Testament there to show us don't do this because you know, this is what God did back then to the people of disobedience. But yet we go right back doing the same thing that they did. We're not learning from the past. You know, we are, you know, we're out here making the same mistakes they made. Even after Jesus came, sacrificed, suffered, shed his blood and died. And we still doing the same things you know it's like we're not taking the blood of Jesus serious okay? and that and that is what's really sad you know everybody keeps saying well you need to do this and you need to do that if you're going to make your church grow well I'm telling you what this isn't my job to make the church grow it's my job to tell them the truth and it's not your church it's God's church Exactly. You know, if you're thinking this is a business or something to make money at or something like this, well, your attitude's wrong. You know, if you're, you're, if you're starting a church and wanting to be a pastor or a shepherd, someone who takes care of a group of people, mm-hmm. you're not taking care of them by fleecing them and taking their money and stuff like this and giving them a second-rate, you know, uh, experience with the Lord. People now, you know, I talk to so many people, and they just, they, nobody wants, you know, most of the young people don't want to go to church. It's boring. Well, yeah, they got the really good band, and now you got the flashing lights and all this, and hey, that's pretty cool, so I'll go there. But they're not interested in the change of the heart, they're interested in the entertainment. Mm-hmm. And God's not here to entertain us. And let's not limit it to the youth. Adults want the entertainment. Yeah. And that's true. I mean, the youth don't want. I mean, even the, the adults nowadays they don't they don't want anything unless it makes them happy. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want to hear the truth. You know, they're they're too busy listening to scientists and 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 their theories and their half truths. In so many areas, that well, they can't make any mistakes. They're scientists. No, they're all men, and they all make up theories, and they still can't get it right. And then they find out, whoops, yeah, that wasn't right. But we don't go and say, oh, see, this is this is all bad because you know you you know you made a mistake here. So you know you science isn't good anymore. <coughs> but well, and you have to remember when they say this is my theory. Theories aren't proof. Right. They are theories. This is what I think happened. Mm-hmm. But they don't have solid proof of this. And then they get a bunch of people to side with them and say, oh, yeah, I think that's a good idea, too. Oh, well, now it's a fact because now we have four scientists that say the same thing. So it must be a fact. No, it's still a theory. You know? 
And then they, they come and they attack their Bible and say, well, you know, this is all this and this is all that. You can't trust it. Trust science. Oh, come on. Science is, is, is just a bunch of theories that, you know, sometimes they can, they can find a, an answer. Well, they, a lot of people find answers in the Bible. But they won't say, oh, well, we can use that. <clears throat> no, we want to exclude it. Mm-hmm. Okay. God gave us this book, and I really believe there's going to come a time that this book is going to get banned from America. They're already trying to work on that, trying to get squeeze out Christians, get away from Christians, anything that's Christian or Jewish. They want to get rid of, but they'll take the rest of it. It's okay to to you know be a Muslim that says, "Hey, kill all the infidels." And so, if you're not if you're not a, a Muslim, then you should all be killed. And that that that's okay to teach. That's okay to have that that there. But for a Christian to say, "We want to love people. We want to try to help people." Oh, you're bad. You're bad. 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 Okay. Well, as I've said before. Everything that is good and right about the world is now becoming bad and intolerable. But everything that's bad is, that's the way it needs to be. It needs to be that. that. And yet, you know, listening to the news, all these people recently that have been shot and killed or kidnapped or, and it's like, you're saying that's wrong, that's wrong, but yet at the same time you're encouraging it because you're saying, "Well, do what makes you feel happy." Yeah, in other words, do what you want, just don't hurt nobody. Yeah, that isn't that's not going to work because do what you want means that I'm going to do what I want, and then you said put the exclaimer on it, uh, "Just don't hurt anyone." Well, they hit the first part really good. Yeah. Okay. But. The world is coming to a place, but if you say, "Hey, you know, well, quit putting all these, these bondages on people," you know, talking about the Bible and what the Bible says. Well, this is a proven, you know, these things are proven throughout history. Okay, we can see that, you know, how things have changed, and how that people are changed by by reading this and understanding that there is something more than just about them. Mm-hmm. There's something more than just about the way the world wants things done or the way they do things. And as we told our children as they were growing up, and it's like, but I want, I want. It's like, it's life is not about you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we tried to teach them, God is the reason for your life. And, you know, don't push others away because of what, tickles your fancy yeah well I'm gonna uh, read this here I say we still got a minute or two Uh, but uh, going to John chapter 20 verses 30 and 31 it says and truly Jesus did many many other signs in the presence of his disciples but these are not written in this book but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Mm-hmm. You know, 
they wrote these things down because they thought these were the important things to help you to understand who Christ is, being the Son of God, and how you may have a good life in Him. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the reason why this was put together. Now, I mean, I'll go, I got some more scriptures to go through. But, you know, just reading that at, at the end of the book, or, yeah, the book of John, you know, why, you know, there's a purpose why they gave just this information. Not every detail about everything he did, you know, like how he ate his soup, okay? Uh, did he know. pick the bowl up and drink it? Did he use a spoon? Nobody cares, you know, about that. I mean, how is that going to draw you closer to him, okay? But they did put down, you know, everybody has their own way of eating a soup, okay? But they were trying to get the information that Jesus wanted to get out about his father. That there's a life that's a whole lot better than, than what you've got. And that it's eternal. And as I, as I was reading just earlier, you know, it's not about whether you're going to live eternally or not. Okay? It's where you're going to spend the eternity. You know, location, location, location. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, where? You're going to have it. You have an eternal life. Okay? We're all going to die and we're all going to live eternally. Because the spirit within us is going to live. Mm-hmm. And are you going to live in the <coughs> smoking or the non-smoking section? <laughs> yeah. I love that phrase. So, I mean, all, all these things, it's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to die. And no, you're not just going to die. You're just passing from one form to another. Mm-hmm. You will live forever, whether you like God, hate God, uh, don't believe in God. You know, you're still going to have an eternal life. But it's your location or where you're going to spend that eternity because this the next life we have is eternal it doesn't ever stop <clears throat> and at that point this is what you're going to have for ever mm-hmm. so it's your choice mm-hmm. so you can choose the location that you want to live in or you can just say well i'm going to live what i want now but you're living only 80 years, let's say 100 years. Let's say that everybody could live 100 years on this earth. You're going to waste the, this 100 years and say, you know, because I want to make sure I get to do everything I want. But what about eternity that has no end? That 100 years there is like a puff of smoke. It's gone. But yet you're basing everything off of this physical life, not for the eternal life. Mm-hmm. Okay, So, I mean, it, it sounds silly, but it's like, well, you know, I'm just living for the day. You heard people say that. Mm. I'm living for today. I don't care about tomorrow. Well, you will care about tomorrow when tomorrow gets here. <laughs> so, Well, we are going to go ahead and take our first break and... The songs that I chose for this week really just kind of are meant to be encouraging. Mm-hmm. So this first song is by Matthew West. It's called Hello, My Name Is, and we will be right back. Whoa.
is regret I'm pretty sure we have met Every single day of your life I'm the whisper inside That won't let you forget Hello, my name is Defeat I know you recognize me an amazing home-based bakery called Grace's Sweet Treats. We can supply all your baked needs, from cakes to cookies and more. Dietary restrictions or allergies? No problem. Check us out on Facebook or Instagram at Grace's Sweet Treats 2021 or go ahead and give us a call at 682-319-6624. That's 682-319-6624. A portion of all proceeds goes to support our veterans and frontline heroes. All right, welcome back. That was Hello, My Name Is by Matthew West. 
And there are so many times when we have the regrets, we have the, I shouldn't have done that. And yet God says, I still love you. Yeah. And so if you'd like to join the conversation tonight, that phone number is 214-556-6239. I'm also on Facebook Live where you can send me a comment and I will respond. Yeah, by saying hello. Oh. <laughs> well, if that's all they're saying to me. Yeah, well, that's true. So, but, you know, it's it's so true <clears throat> god has given us some he's called us some things and we have to understand how god views us <clears throat> it's uh you know god calls us as his child he, he you know uh, all these different things that during the song you, you you heard it's like but we don't want to believe that we're we're so tied up in what everybody says about us mm-hmm. not who we are you know, some people, you know, they're always trying to prove who they are. I want to be me. Okay. Well, who are you? You know. And a lot of times <clears throat> we just don't know who we are. But yet we want to be us. Well, I want to just be me. Okay. Well, who are you? If you want to be you, who are you? Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's really sad that some Christians don't know who they are. You know, they don't know what they've been called to be when they when they make that decision to serve Christ. You know, they believe the lies of everybody. Oh, you're just you're just a religious person. You're just this. You're just that. You're no good. You can't do anything right. Blah 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 blah. And <clears throat> they call you all kinds of names. Mm-hmm. But we won't go by the name of who we are. And I think that a lot of times that that people are struggling. Because they can't figure out who they are. Mm-hmm. They're what it, they're trying to portray whatever the world, uh, whatever the world uh, wants them to be. They're not who they are. They're what the world wants. Okay, so you know, so they they just become a pattern after somebody else. And so, you know, we just, uh, you know, to take a good look. If you're, if you're one of those people who says, you know, I just want to be me. I just want to be who I am. I want well, God wants you to be who you are, okay? So, you know, you got you to gotta get back to, to sitting here thinking about, you know, are you just patterning after the world? It's like everybody wants to pattern after this person or that person. But that's not you. God didn't make you to be that person. God made you to be who you are. And the way you'll find out who you are is let Christ come in and show you who you are. Okay? So we're just, it's one of those things that, you know, we need to understand. Okay? Because we were, you know, we've been talking about, you know, what was the purpose of this written word? Okay? And so... You know, you know, you know, because Loretta had to step out a moment, <clears throat> and uh, but what is the purpose? Well, you can also go to Romans chapter fifteen, uh, verse four. Here's another thing that, that's said in the scriptures. It says, "For whatever things were written before were written for what? Our learning, mm-hmm. 
our learning, okay, that we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. Patience, okay. I was like, wow. When when you read that, it's like, because it's not just something that it's gonna meet you just right now but with patience and comfort of the scriptures we have hope now may the god of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded towards one another according to christ jesus that you may be one mind and one mouth glorify the god and father of our lord jesus christ I mean, it's written right here in the Word. It's a, it tells you why. You know, it's a, to bring comfort and patience, to bring unity. How come so many preaching, so much preaching is going on that causes disunity? God's calling us to unify, not diversify. Okay? Well, and a lot of the preaching that is dividing is just because this is what I think it needs to be. Yeah. And so. Yeah, it's true. We, we, we should be speaking with one mouth. Mm-hmm. We all should be saying the same thing. Well, and I remember <clears throat> that a few years back when we did have the church building and we would start preaching or you'd start teaching and somebody would say, Pastor so-and-so just said the exact same thing. And all, it seems like all the ministers were preaching in unison. Everything was, and I can't remember the examples right offhand, doesn't really matter. But it, everything lined up, each one saying the same thing. Just like the Gospels, saying it in a way that each audience could understand. Yeah. I mean, we don't have to say the exact words, but we need to make sure that the meaning Mm -hmm. and the intent of the word is being brought forth. Because people in different areas understand it in a different way. Mm -hmm. And so that's why you can't just cookie cut it. It's like, here's what it is. Now bring it to the people like Jesus did. He brought it to the people where he was at he ministered to them where they were at. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you're a fisherman, well, then you, you know he he got down there where they were doing fishing. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so you know, there's times that you know nowadays it's like some areas you, you would, that you go into to try to share the gospel, you got to break it into something they can understand. Not that they're stupid or anything like that, but everybody understands things a little differently. Mm-hmm. Some words don't mean the same in every in every language or every slang. And we learned that while we were in <clears throat> England, words that we <clears throat> use on a regular basis, they're looking at us like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, because they have a different meaning, and mm-hmm. some and that's what we got to look at too when we study the scripture. We can't put this in say read it in the way we understand we got to understand where it was coming from and so that we can put it in proper perspective you know some things are are pretty cut and dry you Mm -hmm. know but other things it's like why did they say it that way 
why did God use marriage as, as a lot of things for uh, examples for uh, the kingdom of God? Mm-hmm. You know, why would he use marriage? You know, if you look at marriage today, it's like, oh, it's it's all about lust. It's all about, you know, what I want. And when it doesn't satisfy me anymore, you throw it away. Yeah, it's disposable. Yeah. You know, we go, we go every time we come every Friday, we have to, we drive by the courthouse. Okay. We're always seeing people out there. They just got married and everything. You know, a bunch of people, you know, sometimes more than one group out there. And I look at them and it's like, okay. And so if you go around the corner, the divorce department's over there. Okay. But, uh, you know, to file for your divorces. Um, but we see a lot of people, you know, wanting to get married, but then they don't understand. A lot of people don't understand the purpose of marriage and, you know, what it really means to be united. Mm-hmm. Okay. And to become one. Okay. Yeah. Cause we just, we just did our 44th wedding anniversary, uh, last month. And, uh, or no, two months now, because it's February. Yeah, this is February. <laughs> yeah, on December 28th. 29th. 29th. I, why do I always miss that by one day? I, I guess it's because I'm old. No, you've always done that. Oh, I don't know. Maybe something about the 28th. Anyway, but the 29th of, uh, of December, you know, we we've had, did 43 years. 44 years. See, now you got me messing out that one up, too. <laughs> I blame it on my wife. So. I've got broad shoulders. I yeah. can take it. So anyway, uh, but yeah, the we've had our ups and downs and, and things like this. You know, we had our times. We, it was about us, about me, not you. Um, we we went through a big learning curve. But the whole thing was is you know coming back around to why did we get married to begin with? You know, because we loved each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were willing to make sacrifices for one another. You know, it wasn't about my needs, your needs. It was about how can I help the other person? Mm-hmm. And so, but, you know, we still had the struggles and all these things. But today, it's like, you know, you you see the divorces and, you know, a lot of them don't last very long. You know, marriages don't just don't last. Why? Because it's about them. It's about each one of them not thinking about the other. But here we're supposed to be thinking in one, like with one mind and one mouth, glorify God, the Father and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we all should be saying the same thing. We should all be able to get together and worship God. Mm-hmm. But church services aren't normally about worshiping God. It's about entertainment and gathering money and you know then you get the then you get the little 30 45 minute sermon and you go home well i know it was when i was growing up it was always kind of the running joke you go in you sit down pastor comes in you stand up you sing a song you sit down some announcements are made you stand up you sing a song you sit down Offerings taken. So you stand up and then sit back down. And then the message comes. And it's usually typed out in the bulletin where you can read along word for word what he's going to say. 
And then he's done with the sermon. You stand up, you sing a song, you go home. That was church. And I'd gotten to a point in my late teens that it's like, I want more than this. Yeah, they they missed the worship part. Mm-hmm. They, it's a, it's like a board meeting. It, it's got they got their agenda, and they and, were bored. And it's very boring. Um, and it's like, what if all of a sudden you wanted to, you know, you get into a time of of worshiping God, that you just want to stay worshiping God. You don't need a message. You gotta have the message. If you don't have the message, you're not doing your job as a pastor. No, my job as a pastor is to guide the sheep to Jesus. Mm-hmm. They're his sheep and not my sheep. So my job is to, you know, bring it to the, you know, get them to a place where they can meet God. Mm-hmm. But it's not about meeting God. It's about doing a service. You got to go to services. It's works. And so, you know, you say, well, you're, you're, you're knocking structure. I said, no, I'm not knocking structure. But what I'm saying is if your traditions that you do conflict with, with the way God is, you need to change. Mm-hmm. God says, I called you to come and worship me in spirit and in truth. Not just in song because it's nice, but it's something you get from your heart. Mm-hmm. You know, how many how many people uh, have been where somebody sings a new song? You know, the Bible says that, that you will. You know, when the Spirit comes upon you, you'll sing a new song. It's like, well, I don't even don't even hear that. Nobody talks about singing. That's because it's worship. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not. Okay, here it is. Get your music leader up there. Get them all hyped, and so that they're ready for the you know to give their money. You know, get them hyped. Take their money, and then give them a sermon. Why don't they take the 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 offerings at the end? You can't do that. It's not proper. Why don't they put a a box at the back of the church and let them just drop it in as they co- as they come and go? I mean, I'm sorry, that's not a popular teaching, and that's what we did. We had a box in the back of our building, and you had offerings, you had tithes and gifts, three different sections, and, you know, people put what they wanted in whichever slot they wanted it in. And so, and I know the first time we were pastors Mm -hmm. we were in Germany and we were holding church in our apartment we never once took up an offering while we were there never once we had a box sitting in the back of the living room and people would drop money in there I forget who it was that was getting ready to PCS back home and we said, well, let's have a party. You know, let's do a, a barbecue. Or, and when we opened that box, there was over $500 in there. There were only five, six couples in the whole church. 
but people gave because that's what God instructed them to do. Yeah, and God blessed them and things like this. It's like we didn't waste time on, uh, you know, taking up an offering. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is God says, bring your offering, not take up an offering. To take up means you, you go out there and, and you make them feel guilty enough to, to you beg give you for more. It. You beg okay? for it. Instead of what did God put on their heart? Mm-hmm. And if they put on their, if God puts on their heart to give 10 cents, how can you ridicule them for doing what God said? Mm-hmm. Well, God wouldn't do that. You don't know what God would do. You don't have God's mind when you're, when you're so selfish and self-centered about worldly things. You don't know what God's got in mind. He teaches people things. He taught me things through money and things like this that God would never tell you to do that. Well, he did tell me to do that. And I learned from that mm-hmm. because God had to teach me in a way that I could understand. And what I was doing in my attitudes, okay, you can't put it in a cookie cutter thing, okay? Everybody is different and God you know, deal with us each in a different manner. You know, taught me obedience about giving. You know, well, okay, well, I'll give my tithe. Okay, well, 10% and exactly 10% is, you know, $10.13. Okay, we'll just use those as numbers. $10.13. It was like, so, okay, God, well, I'm going to give you $11. So you should be happy with me. No, I'm not. If you're going to, if I, if you're going to give me a tithe, a tithe means that if it's $10.13, that means you must give me $10.13. Not eleven dollars. That's what I told you to give. If if you're gonna go by the letter of the law and do ten percent, you gotta give exactly ten percent. Now, if you want, this is what you give as your tithe. Now, if you want to give an offering, you can. And then that's another whole story. I mean, did God tell you to give an offering over top of that ten percent? Now, if you, you know, if you go back to the law, well, today He says just. Just give what I tell you to give. If I don't tell you to put it in the church offering plate and to give it to your neighbor down the street that they have no food, is that going to be obedience? No, the church says, no, you must put it in the church or you're not going to get blessed. Yeah, I'll get blessed more because I help that family down there with food. Okay. So, the attitude is, well, I need the money for right here. Well, that that attitude needs to go away because it's not about that. Well, and the other thing, too, is when you give, and you're giving according to God, and using your analogy of giving to the family down the street who has no food, and, yeah, we've we've experienced this where somebody maybe didn't get their paycheck no 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 fault of their own but they couldn't go get groceries because their paycheck got held up so we helped them out with food later on they called up and say hey come have dinner with us now did we give them the food so they could invite us to dinner no we didn't give to see what can they give to me Mm-hmm. But boy, was she a good cook. <laughs> oh. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, the blessings of God pour out. Mm-hmm. Okay? And it comes from your heart's attitude, not your mental attitude. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, you know, th- there's things in the book here that help us to understand what direction we're supposed to go. Okay? And what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And as it says right there, that way we've become like-minded. We all understand what God is like and what he's expecting. Mm-hmm. You know, when we find out how God's character and understand how he is that, you know, he's not just, you know, some mean ogre sitting up there waiting to throw lightning bolts at somebody that because they didn't do right. But he's a loving father that really cares and tries to bring his children back in line so that they can be the example to this world that's needed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these these are just little things that the word is there for. You know, it gives us, a, you know, even with, you know, the thing with tithing and all this other stuff, you know, that once you go and you, you read it, instead of just take what somebody's speaking at you about it, you know, the tithe was done once a year. Oh, wait a minute. You mean I only have to tithe once a year? Well, the original tithe, now if you want to understand what it is, the original tithe was done once a year. And was not money. Nope. Money was never part of a tithe. The tithe was from grain for grain offerings. When they had the <laughs> harvest, they would tithe of their increase. In other words, when they when they took up their their whatever their wheat, their corn, whatever their crops. their crops, you know, first thing they did was set aside seed for the next year, so that they would have planting seed. The rest was their increase now their increase that's where they gave 10% of their increase back to to God to help support the uh, the priests to help pay to help feed their families okay they understood what the tithe was for today people don't even understand where their tithe goes Oh, it's got to pay these bills. It's got to pay the pastor's exorbitant, uh, you know, this and that. And we got to buy him a new car, and we got to buy him new clothes. And and, and but where's it going to meet the needs of the community? Like I said, I was in one church. They wanted to take up. They they're trying to raise ten thousand dollars for a new sound system. Their sound system was fine. But they wanted to upgrade. So it sound better, you know, so on and so forth. But we had three families there that there that those that were out of work. They couldn't pay their bills, but they didn't want to raise any money to try to help them. Mm-hmm. But they were asking them for money for the sound system. It's like I think you, your thinking is all wrong. Your thoughts should be to these people here that has been sitting here faithful to, to, to the ministry. They worked in the ministry. They did things in the church, things like this. They truly loved the Lord and everything. And, but yet, they say, well, we can't pay our electric bill. 
well, God bless you. God be with you. Be warmed and filled, but give them nothing. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we got to get this $10,000 together for this sound system. So you need to, to make these pledge offerings so we can get this $10,000 sound system when they couldn't even pay their electric bill. There's something wrong. Mm-hmm. And I know I've shared the story before, but that specifically one couple that was there they were an older couple disabled Mm -hmm. and the man was a large man and my mother sewed she was a seamstress and one year for christmas she made roger three shirts now i gave her the measurements and she goes this isn't right but going by the measurements i gave her she made the shirts and when she gave them to Roger, they were huge. I mean, he and I both could have worn that shirt <laughs> at the same time. But we went to church, and this man was so embarrassed because he had one shirt, mm-hmm. and that shirt had a hole in it. And I went, told Roger. Now, we lived literally just right across the street from the church. We went back to the house, got those three shirts, and gave them to him. And he started crying. He says, nobody's ever treated me this good. And so, you know, we gave directly to him, not to the church so they could sell it or give it off to somebody else. We gave it directly to him. I mean... We've got to start listening to the Holy Spirit tell us. You know, a lot of, you know, well, I know it's getting time for our our next break. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but let's listen to the Holy Spirit inside us instead of listening to somebody else preach at us. Mm -hmm. And our next song is A Soul Worth Saving by Apollo LTD. And we will be right back. You say that you're okay, but you've been holding on for dear life. So many years of rain, you can't remember what the sunshine feels like. Inside you're hurting, you're worried, you're not deserving of a lifeline. Oh, but the hands that hold the stars say you are, don't you know? Say you are. 
I'm Grace, owner of an amazing home-based bakery called Grace's Sweet Treats. We can supply all your baked needs, from cakes to cookies and more. Dietary restrictions or allergies? No problem. Check us out on Facebook or Instagram at Grace's Sweet Treats 2021. Or go ahead and give us a call at 682-319-6624. That's 682-319-6624. A portion of all proceeds goes to support our veterans and frontline heroes. Hi. Gross. All right. And that was A Soul Worth Saving by Apollo LTD. And each and every one of us is a soul worth saving. That's exactly. And, you know, at first, the first song was My Name Is. And all the things that we call ourselves, regret, shame, whatever. But God says, you're still a soul worth saving. Right. And so, I mean, God just put these in proper order for me tonight. So, if you'd like to join in our conversation tonight, that phone number here is 214-556-6239. Or you can join us on Facebook Live where I am monitoring the chat. And so... Okay. Yeah, just before the break, it was like I made, made a statement. It's like, look, we need to listen to the Spirit in us, not necessarily to the person telling us. You know, I and you know I don't want to take wrong. I mean, we're you know people are here to help us, okay? Mm-hmm. And we need to hear the advice from from those that uh, are spiritually minded. But God's going to talk to us individually first, mm-hmm. okay? Some somebody come up to me and says, you know, God just told me that that uh, you know you're going to be preaching in a university. Okay. God hasn't told me anything about preaching in a university. I haven't had any universities calling me saying, hey, I want you to come preach here for us. Um, I was like, okay, well, I will put that in the file box, okay. Um, Maybe it will happen later, but it's like I don't get all excited. Oh, so I need to go out and start contacting people and say, you know, no, let the Holy Spirit talk to you first. Holy Spirit's going to get you ready. And if it's a prophecy, then God's going to prepare you for that. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see it. You know, you know, when people are called, you know, like when uh, David, it's like David was, was had a heart after God. And when they came and said, hey, you know, we're going to anoint you king. <laughs> like, What? It's like, uh, wait a minute. But yet he wasn't king yet. I was going to say, they didn't anoint David king first. Hmm. It was Saul first. Well, I mean, yeah, Saul was anointed king Hmm. before that. But he was, but the the point is when David, before he went to to, uh, take on Goliath, he was anointed king. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, sometimes it's like, uh, you know, but the whole point being is that God will will let you know, you know, let the Spirit inside you show you that if not all prophecies are uh, straight from God. Sometimes it's just people's wishes for you to be. Mm -hmm. 
you know, I've heard a lot of people, well, God's, God's got a calling for an anointing on your life. You're going to be a great this and you're going to be a great that. Okay. Well, I know God's got a great calling for my life. But if I go based on what somebody told me a long time ago, I wouldn't be sitting here talking on a radio. Okay. I'd be doing something else. But it's like, okay, I don't see this as what, what you're saying. But, you know, we need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let that be number one priority. And never, you know, if, if all of a sudden inside it's like, no, this isn't right, then get away from it. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, God doesn't want to hear, He wants you to hear that kind of garbage. So, you know, we've talked about a lot of different things, you know, but what is the purpose of the Word? You know, it's to teach us something, okay? First uh, Corinthians chapter 10, uh, starting in verse 10, it's, uh, or sorry, verse 11. Now, all these things happen to them as examples, and they... And they were written for our admiration, upon whom the ends of the age has come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stand take heed, lest he fall. No temptation has overcome or overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will, will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with temptation, he will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Mm-hmm. A lot of these words, a lot of things in the scripture are there to help show us what's right and wrong. Okay. They're there for admiration. In other words, to correct us, to let us know if we're on the right path. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, we, all these things have... You know, if we don't get into the book, we we're not going to see what what the blessings are and what the curses are for our actions. They're all written. That we're now. I'm not saying everything that's ever possibly could be is in this book. It's not. This is just a a summary of things that that these people saw that they wanted to make sure they passed on mm-hmm. to other people, especially in the New Testament. They were trying to encourage us with information that they've gathered by walking with Jesus mm-hmm. and by the Holy Spirit that dwelled in them. Okay, because all of a sudden, you know, they start talking about things that these people weren't really familiar with. But we've seen how God took and and opened up all kinds of doors for them, you mm-hmm. know, and sat there and said, "Hey, here it is." Um, you know, do it this way, go this direction and, you know, you know, go to the Gentiles. It's like, what? No, this is supposed to be for the children of Israel. No, go to the Gentiles, you know? And I noticed a lot when you, when you sit down and really take a good hard look and study, when God called some of these people, like, let's take, uh, you know, Paul, which used to be Saul. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. What was Saul? What was Saul before he became Christian? I know this. You know this. I know. I know this. You got this one. 
Okay. I don't got this one, though. <laughs> okay. Because I know he's, he was Jewish. Mm-hmm. He was not a rabbi. Mm-hmm. He was a Pharisee. He was a Pharisee. Okay. Okay. So I, I kind of mm-hmm. was in the right ballpark. But right. But, okay, he was a Pharisee, and he was so good. He was so religious as a Pharisee. He was considered a Pharisee of Pharisees. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was gung-ho, all out for the charts. Okay, we'll just make it a, as a local uh, now term. He was he was one of those get out, go, preach the word of God, you know, blah, 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 type, as we would think today. Mm-hmm. So he went out and killed these Christians because it, they didn't go along with his thinking. Okay. He he hated the 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 Gentiles. Gentiles are nothing but dogs. Okay, they're worthless, useless people. Okay, and when God moved in, and He gave His life over to Christ, where did God send him? Cornelius's to the Gentile. To the Gentile. I was just trying to figure out which term you were wanting because he went to the house of Cornelius where he sat there and waited for that wasn't Cornelius Cornelius is one that was sent to him so but the point being is what I'm trying to get at here he went to the Gentile but God once he anointed him now I'm not talking about you know blinding him and all this stuff leading up to it but once he his eyes were open and he started to serve God he became the apostle to the Gentiles. Okay. So God took the thing that he hated the most and gave him love for them. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we, we see that a lot of times when, when people, you know, that had a lot of hatred in their hearts and things like this, and once God came in, that hatred that they had towards certain types of people or things, that's where God gave him a love for them mm-hmm. to show that, you know, these people are still important, even though you thought they were no good. And so, he, you know, we got to understand that God has got a point, a purpose. And so we may have been going the wrong direction, but then when he gives us love, he, he we now see the value of, of the people, you know, that, there are souls worth saving. Mm-hmm. You know, before it's like, man, these type of people, they just need to kill them all or get them off the face of the earth, you know. And God shows you their value. And then it becomes, oh, wow, I need to be praying for them. I need to help them. You know, you know like like what we do here when we gather things up or we gather blankets or food or something like that. Um, God shows us the value of the people. It's not just giving something like, okay, well, it's a tax deduction. Well, why don't you just worry about, is it something that that person needs? Mm-hmm. And when you give something to somebody else because you see the value of them, you don't give them trash. You give them something of value. And in my daily walk, since we've been here with Fishbowl, now I've always given I'm a giver, you know, but we did the tents 
and we did the food and we did the blankets we've we've done these different campaigns and I'm sitting there going yeah we're giving them tents it's like oh okay well I don't understand but then shortly after the tents were all delivered I found myself down in a part of downtown Fort Worth that I'd never been and I saw the tent city all these tents that we'd given out and I saw the community there and I thought okay and so God started tugging at my heartstrings a little bit and then we gave you know we haven't delivered the blankets yet they will be getting delivered this week but taking the blankets and collecting them for these people and every day everywhere I've been I'm seeing the homeless wrapped in blankets and I'm sitting there going God I didn't realize how bad this is and you know he's changing my heart mm-hmm. so yeah, and, and the whole thing is is when God says hey help the least fortunate mm-hmm. it's in the book you know, says when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. Because you love them, you're 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 expanding the love I put in you, and it only builds. Mm-hmm. Love builds, just like hate builds. You know, you can build love. Mm-hmm. Okay, just like you can build hate. You know, so when you do good things, it then builds where you have more love respect and now you understand god a little more Mm -hmm. that how could he have loved you when you were in that that state of being you know whatever hateful sinful whatever that you were that you were in before how could he have cared about me well the same reason as you're seeing how it touched your heart to help somebody in need here. It shows that God's heart was the same towards you. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it puts it all together where it's not just a God that's trying to use us as chess pieces for his game. Okay. But he really cares. And we forget sometimes of where we came from, what God, how God seen us before. And where we are now, mm-hmm. you know, and when we need to take a look at, you know, when you take a look at somebody, well, they're always making mistakes and they call themselves a Christian and they're doing this and they're doing, well, if you, you're calling yourself Christian, how many mistakes are you making a day? Exactly. You know, what is it that your secret sins or things like that? Why you got so much problem to, to put somebody else down? You know, if you really looked at it, you know, that this is where that person was, and now he, they, he or she is there. Mm-hmm. Wow. Look at where God took them. So they still got a few things. So what? Look at where God's delivered them from and where they're at now. They need encouragement to keep going forward. Mm-hmm. Not discouragement to push them back. Okay. We, too much time we're, we're spending too much time 
you know, churches even say, well, if you're not dressed right, you can't come in. If you don't act the way we want you to, you can't be part of this, or we're going to kick you out, or this and that. You can't kick somebody out of God's church. It's God's. It's not yours. It's not about your opinions. It's not about your beliefs. It's God's. God loves them. If they can be taken in and nurtured, you'll see a lot of things going on in their life that will be going away because they don't want that part of their life anymore. But we spend too much time. Well, a homeless person walked in. He stinks. Get him out of the church. Don't let him come back in. The alcoholic came in and he's stumbling all over the place and he won't be quiet. Get him out of here. It's like, this is, this is God's house. God's not saying get him out. Just because you're inconvenienced or you don't like it, well, your heart needs to change. Mm-hmm. What if you were the one that got stuck out there and it was, you know, cast out of your home and had no place to live? And so to find some kind of warmth, you, you got into alcohol or whatever, and just, you know, whatever the case may be for each person. Would you want people to look down at you that way? No, you'd want somebody to say, help me up. Mm-hmm. You know, help me. But we don't want to help them, okay? So where's our heart? It isn't after, our heart's not after God, okay? It's after our pleasures, mm-hmm. what we think is right, okay? You know, we don't, we're so comfortable in America that, you know, if you go, if you go to a, a country that's not quite as nice as we are and, you know, they're, they're happy with a tin shed to live in, well, how could they live in that? I know, because I had that attitude <laughs> until I went on a mission trip, <laughs> you know, and God had me see. It's like, these people are content with just this Mm -hmm. you're spoiled and think you have to have all that they're just so happy Mm -hmm. you know they were glad to have that tin shed to keep out of the weather they were glad that they had six people living in a six by six tin shed you know bed stacked on top of each other so that it's like how in the world they were all happy they were a family their family was together he you know the man had a job it wasn't that they couldn't afford anything better I mean they weren't getting paid a lot but they considered themselves doing well Mm -hmm. because they actually had a structure over their head and their family was warm. They had a little little heater in there and things like this. And it was like, wow. How, it, it just amazed me. And because I, when I first saw it, I said, oh, this is where the poor people live. And the, and the, the person there that, that was taking us around was like, these are poor. I'm like, they live in intense sheds. He says, this is not, because there's a whole bunch of tin sheds around there. This isn't a poor part. 
If you want to see the poor part, I can take you to show you where the poor part of this country is. I said, this isn't it? He says, no. These people have jobs. You know, these people have food, clothing. They have a shelter. They are so happy. Their families usually live in little sheds close to them. And they're happy. And you see, they were no people sitting around with bad, sad faces. When we walked around, people were smiling, waving, saying hi. Just like you go down a neighborhood in the United States. You know, we would look at it as like, well, if they're run-down houses, then that must be the poor part of town. But over here's the mansions. Okay, these are the rich part of town. Okay. It's like, no. These people are just happy. Mm-hmm. Well, and unfortunately, a lot of times you see, like you said, these are the houses that are falling apart. They're not as pretty, maybe. And these are the mansions over here. Well, the people that live in the mansions are not generally that happy because they've got to work sometimes two, three jobs just to keep the impression that they've got money and they've got happiness and security, whereas the person whose house is maybe not in the perfect condition, but they're happy. Mm-hmm. It's like, I live here. I have, like you said, I have a, a roof over my head. I have water. I have food. I have clothes. I have what I need. I just maybe need a little help with repairs or whatever. But they're content. Well, and another thing is, as I looked around, I said, nobody has a car? He says, no. Don't need a car. They use a bicycle. The man goes to work on a bicycle. Cars are luxury mm-hmm. that, you know, most of these people can't afford because their pay is just not that high. Okay. But they have transportation, but most places they just walk. They don't think it was a, a problem, you know. And then when they would come to, when we had the big church service, it was a, just kind of like a uh, pavilion. <laughs> it had, you know, it was just basically a giant room there that had flaps fold down over the windows to keep the weather out and a door on it and so we went in we got there got all set up and everything and people started just flocking in and all of a sudden we were packed people were standing we had they had benches in there but people packed in so much that nobody could sit they packed all the way to the front all the way to the stage where we were standing on they were packed all the way up there and then they packed around the outside. All the windows were open, and they packed around the outside. I was like, where are all these people coming from? I mean, this little area right here only had, you know, maybe 100 people there. You know, I thought, okay. But they walked for miles to get there, to hear the Word of God. And it changed my whole life to see that people were still hungry for God not like America Americans aren't you know not saying that all of them but overall attitude of Americans is they're not hungry for God they're hungry for what 
they can get. Mm-hmm. And the churches are full of it. You know, they it's like who's got the best hat? You come in and judging who's got doing this and who's got the nicest car. You talk about hey, I just got a new house, and, and other people there is like they just want to know more about God. They just want another touch from God. Mm-hmm. You know, what if we came into church with that attitude? I just want a touch from God. Doesn't matter what state I'm in. It doesn't matter whether I have, my car's broke down or whether, you know, uh, I have anything to eat or not. I just got to get closer to God. You're going to see all kinds of things move for you. But it's when you're thinking that some man's got to help you out instead of letting God help you out. You change. And mm-hmm. here, God is going to change situations around you. Right. Because he's going to take care of his own. And But in America, we there's just that problem. It's, they don't look at it that way. Mm-hmm. And so I know it's getting about that time again. It's time for that third song. And um, this one is by Matt Marr, Just As I Am. And God and God wants you to come just as you are. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back. In shackles and chains, I came to your door and fell on the floor.
just as I am. Jesus, you welcomed me. You took me in. I'll never be the same again. My life is held in your hands. Just as I'm Grace, owner of an amazing home-based bakery called Grace's Sweet Treats. We can supply all your baked needs, from cakes to cookies and more. Dietary restrictions or allergies? No problem. Check us out on Facebook or Instagram at Grace's Sweet Treats 2021. Or go ahead and give us a call at 682-319-6624. That's 682-319-6624. A portion of all proceeds goes to support our veterans and frontline heroes. All right, and welcome back. That was Just As I Am by Matt Marr. And as I was watching the video and reading the words, the one phrase close to the end, my life is held in your hand. And I thought, that's such a reassuring, comforting thought Mm -hmm. that my life is in your hands. Not my hands. My hands will twitch or will drop me or whatever, but they're in his hands. So we still have a few more minutes. If you'd like to give us a call, that phone number is 214-556-6239. Or send me a message on Facebook, and I will reply to it. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and give it back over to you, dear. Okay. Well, i got one more scripture to give for you. So, this is uh, 1 John 5.13. These things I have written to you who believe uh, in... Wait a second. Sorry. I've written to you that you you believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may uh, continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. That right there wraps up why did God give us the book exactly i mean so that you can believe so you know the book is here to you know help us to you know we see how things happen and we see the testimonies and things like this which give us encouragement gives us as as uh first corinthians said the hope mm-hmm. okay um that, that god really does care and that we can believe in the Son of God because we have all this here to back it up. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, some people say, well, you know, you, it's just, you know, one book and blah, blah, blah. I said, but it's been written over thousands of years, hundreds of authors, 
you know, writing at different times and not consulting one another. Lived in gen- different generations. And okay. It's like, so, and they're still speaking the same thing? Okay, you would take any of that in any other historical document and say, that is rock-hard proof. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to say it about the Bible. Well, and one other thought that I have. Now, this is just kind mm-hmm. of my opinion. Sure. For a book to be under such scrutiny and people trying to take it out of libraries, take it out of the school, take it out of, basically take it out of life. People have been trying to get rid of this book for so long. There has to be truth in it or they wouldn't be fighting that hard to get rid of it. Well, when the Bible is the number one book sold in the world, why would all these people buy this if it was nothing but fake and fairy tale? Why isn't, you know, the Brothers Grimm book the number one book in the world? Mm -hmm. Okay? It's the number one sold book in the world. There's got to be something there that people are finding that they're buying these things. That they must be ministering to something in their life. Mm -hmm. I don't see any cookbooks being sold as number one of anything in any part of the world. Okay. Uh, You know, or, you know, some of these fictional books. It's like, yeah, they may be great sellers, but they're not number one in the world. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants these fictional things. Like, you know, they're good, but not that good. You know, but why do people want to get rid of it? Because they're afraid of what's in it. It's going to change people, and they're going to have to change. Mm-hmm. Okay, society wants. You know, unfortunately, we got a society now that was originally based on the Bible. Now it's based on. I don't know sure what to say. It's based on. <laughs> Anything that comes around the pike today, okay? You know, if things that were all wrong in the past, oh, no, now they're all right. It's like, that doesn't make sense. It was it was a crime yesterday. Today, it's like, accepted. It makes no sense. No, it does not make sense. Doesn't make dollars either. No. <laughs> <laughs> so. But, but yeah, it, but we are, you know, I just wanted to kind of bring this up to say, you know, don't don't just put the, this book up on a shelf and make yourself look religious. Take it and read it. If it's a number one selling book in the world, it was the very first book ever published when they started with a press. Very first book. Why was it so important? There must be something important in here. So why don't you take a chance and read it? Well, and even when the transcripts, the the Torah, the the scrolls, everything, when they were transcribed from one to another so it could be distributed, there was such reverence taken with the copying of the word that, you know, every time the person doing this would come to the name of, God, Yahweh, they would have to stand up in reverence. And 
they took such painstaking care to make sure everything was trans you know was translated or copied perfectly and there's been no other book in history that has been trans you know has been done like that and so there's something valuable here you know people throw it on the shelf and it's like yeah that's a family bible blah 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 but they haven't opened it up to see what the value is in it you know people throw them away and things like this well you know it's a book Mm -hmm. to them it's just a book but there's treasures in here that can be yours Mm -hmm. you know but you got to read it to find it right Okay. You'll read mysteries and say, well, what's the clues? Well, read the Bible like that. It's like, what's the clues to a best life? Mm-hmm. You can get it all the way from the Old Testament to, to all the way through the New Testament. It tries to tell you how to live the best life. Right. How to have good relationships with your, with your family, your wife, your neighbors. You know, your parents. All that's in here to help you. Well, it's just a religious book. Why don't you read it? Mm-hmm. I found great value in it. I wear mine out. And my kids, the one I have here, uh, they bought me because my others, the pages start falling out. And it's, you know, when you start reading and then you found out that like four pages fell out and you're reading the wrong thing, it's like, wait a minute, this isn't the continuation of the last page I was on. So... <clears throat> And so I was starting to get a new one. And so, you know, I wear them out by using them. And then, you know, I still hang on to some of them. I have one Bible that when I was in uh, in Germany that I let this one guy borrow because he loved all the notes I wrote in it. I had highlighted stuff and I had notes written up the sides and over here and there. He said, I enjoyed those notes that went with this. It explained a lot about what was being said. And he said, and he said I just want to borrow it because it was the one that I, I kept for just references. And when I left, he never gave it back. No, he asked if he could keep it. Yeah, he never gave it back. He said, can I take keep this? I said, okay, yeah, you can keep it. <laughs> So, but you never know who to bless, okay? And so we want to encourage you that these kind of things here, that this word is very valuable. And one day when it's taken away, because our country doesn't want us to have this Bible that teaches us to be good and to be faithful and to do these things, and they go into chaos, and they want to get rid of it, then you're going to say, man, I wish I had one. Mm-hmm. Well, God says put it in your heart. Hide the word in your heart so that when you're anywhere you are, you have the word through the Holy Spirit. So that's so, what I got. That's I what you do with needle and thread. No, you do it with needle and thread. Well, that's true. I, I do. saw it with, with seeds and in the dirt. Anyway, anyway, we are coming to the end of our show, and our board operator has kind of disappeared. He's actually working. He's working two um, studios at the moment. 
Um, anyway, we've had a good discussion. Mm-hmm. Please keep in mind that the Bible is basic instructions mm-hmm. for everybody. And I, I kind of giggle when I see these commercials on there woman's pregnant and she's getting ready to give birth and I and she goes I've got this and I've got this and I don't have a manual this is where I'm going to put the manual and the lady that's with her says no there is no manual I'm I'm sitting there laughing yes there is it's called the bible (laughs) put your bible right there read it to your baby every day you know yes they may say but he's only a day old that's fine Read it to your baby every day. Get that word starting to plant deep, deep down inside of him. Because one day he will understand. So, And if nothing else, it helps you out. Exactly. It gives you the peace. It, it gives you the enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it's not necessarily for the baby. I mean, yes, it's going to implant things because it's learning is absorbing everything everything it sees everything it smells everything it tastes it's all absorbing it mm-hmm. but it's mainly for you that yes you want to share this but it's the what comes from your heart to the child that they that that's what they're going to receive and yes being the parents of three we have learned that there can be some really stressful days with those babies mm-hmm. so But anyway, um, we will see you next week. So please come back. Join us next week. We're here every Friday night from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Central Time. And we come to you live from Bedford, Texas, the Fishbowl Studios. And just if you have anything you would like to share with us, go to our Facebook page. Leave us a comment. There's a listeners page there. Yeah, go Just to Facebook or go to Glory Rising Listeners. Yes. Okay, and that way you can share all your comments and everything. So, but let us know what you think. If there's anything you'd like us to go over, if there's anything you'd like us to continue on or explain further, we'd love to make this show your show. Because we want you to be blessed. And we want you to bless others. And so um, we are going to have our last song, which is Remind Me You're Here by Jason Gray. So be a blessing, or be blessed, but most importantly, be a blessing to those around you. Good night. Good night. pain has ever caught you by surprise Still it's hard to trust you when I'm lost in the wondering why But I'll trade every question just to lay down a rest in your heart And I'll reach for your And I won't ask you for
if it's random or providence, neither are a comfort to me. Are you cruel if you planned it, or weak if you allowed it to be? Half of me is still believing, the other half is angry and confused. Oh, but all of me is desperate and longing to be held by you. So. Ask you for reasons, cause a reason 